0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Think, Therefore I Fan, a pop culture and philosophy podcast. On this podcast, we'll explore the most compelling philosophical themes as we find them in all of everyone's favorite fandoms. We are your hosts.
1: I'm Dr. Richard Green.
0: And I'm Dr. Rachel Robison Green. This week, right? True crime in philosophy. True crime in philosophy.
1: Yeah, that's a great topic. Um, there's lots of true crime in philosophy. So I've actually made a list. We can just tell people up front um, the topics we're going to talk about. So the whole Kripke, Ruth Barkin, Marcus affair, Wittgenstein shaking the, the poker from the fire at Karl Popper. Uh, that time, my friend from grad school told a bunch of people that a famous philosopher plagiarized his work the hit job that Bertrand Russell did on all of philosophy in his A History of Western Philosophy, that sham of a trial um, involving Socrates, the murder of Hypatia, tons of true crime in philosophy. This is going to be the most exciting episode ever.
0: I don't think very many of those things are actually crimes. <laughs> but... Well,
1: <laughs> you, have you read Russell's A History of Western <laughs> Philosophy? Every <laughs> it seems like he only likes Spinoza calls everyone else bad
0: okay well but but nevertheless it's we're not talking about true crimes in philosophy we're talking about philosophical themes in true crime
1: oh um all right well since you're the one that knows what this episode's about (laughs) you should probably kick it off
0: okay yeah well so i so we were thinking about this topic because New to us, anyway, is, and this will this surprise some people because given how much we like American Horror Story, we should have already known about this, but mm-hmm. um, new to us is American Crime Story, also Ryan Murphy.
1: Right, right, yeah.
0: And we've, um, we've picked up, we watched, um, what's the first one we watched? Uh, the, I just remember, Impe- oh, Impeachment, impeachment right? Impeachment, I, was, yeah. I knew it was the Monica Lewinsky story, but I couldn't remember.
1: Yeah, and I should enough. point out that, that for all three of them, I was aware of them. I just yeah. didn't bother to know that it was Ryan Murphy. Yeah,
0: I did. I mean, and I even knew that the... Because now we're watching the assassination of Gianni Versace. Yeah. And I so knew that was Ryan Murphy. Yeah. I just didn't... I don't know. I just didn't spoiler process alert, it. He
1: gets assassinated.
0: <laughs> I think it's an interesting question on its own, which deaths were going to count as assassinations.
1: Yeah, that, that's a good point. Because right. this, is
0: also a, this is also a spoiler, but... I mean, I mean this that is one, one
1: wasn't really because it happens in like the first two minutes. But.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, a, a series of, it's a spree, spree series, a spree, spree killing. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that all of the other murders in the series don't count as assassinations. But, mm-hmm. um, but I've seen, it's not just that it's called the assassination of Gianni Versace on the title. Like if you look it up, because just like everybody, after I watch an episode, I'll be like, Ooh, I got to learn more about this or that or Google this or that. And all over the Internet, it says, it. you know, when they talk about Versace, they talk about him being assassinated, mm-hmm. not just murdered, but assassinated, like he's a president or something like that.
1: Yeah, maybe it, um, the, to answer your philosophical question, it just requires a certain degree fame. of fame or mm-hmm. prominence, right? Because you could assassinate a local official, mm-hmm. right? Um, mm-hmm. So if, you know, if someone's just on the school board or some such and you shoot them. They'd probably call that an assassination. Really?
0: Well, maybe right. if you had political motivation. You think if you just like because this one, well, maybe we shouldn't go too much into the details. We'll yeah. let, we'll advise you to watch this. We're really enjoying it, and and you make up your own mind whether you think this meets the conditions for an assassination.
1: Right, and also I don't want to insult our viewership, but just between you and I,
0: mm-hmm.
1: let's not give those people any ideas
0: about assassinating.
1: Yeah, like you know, assassinating the school board or something. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, our
0: listeners are nice.
1: Yeah, nice and, and easily manipulated no. into to doing evil things. No.
0: Yeah, so, well, I say that... So, so there's the Gianni Versace one, and then there's also an O.J. Simpson. So they're all clustered around 1990s crimes, which no. has been fun for me because I was a teenager at the time, and so there's some strong nostalgic vibes.
1: Yeah, and there's a fourth one coming out, and I wonder if that's... Um... I haven't. I don't think they've released information about it. I wonder if that'll be another '90s.
0: Yeah, well, I don't think that this is part of the series. But one I do know that's coming out that's also Ryan Murphy is um, a, a story about Jeffrey Dahmer and yeah. played by uh, Evan Peters. I just found that out last night. So that sounds like a lot of fun too. I'm so I say that we're bringing up this topic because. Oh, we've been watching American crime story, and that's sort of true, but also I'm a true crime buff in general.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we, so we should have a, a group of people over when the Dahmer thing's on and we can serve food and watch it and, <laughs> and and see if that's in bad taste.
0: Yeah, we don't but we don't eat meat, so it, it wouldn't be funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we could make little, you know, carrots and celery that, that look like chopped up body parts. Too soon.
0: Too soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, that was a 90s crime, too.
1: Um, So
0: so not too soon. So too soon. soon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well. um,
1: Time to serve finger foods. Oh,
0: oh dear. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So we thought we'd talk about some common philosophical themes that come up in true crime. So there's various forms of true crime that we watch regularly. And I think this is true crime is gaining more and more popularity um, on as Netflix series too. Go oh to. yeah, yeah. You know, at, at first, maybe this is just what's popping up as recommendations for us, and maybe these have always been there. But you know, first it seemed like there's a lot of classic TV and and movies and things, but more and more you're seeing true crime documentaries because I think a lot of people like true crime documentaries.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I wonder if it it started with um, was it the making of a murderer that? Oh, that sort of was surprisingly big. That was captured big. a lot of people's... Right. Oh, that's so.
0: That is a great springboard into this initial question that I thought we'd ask: is what the what the phenomenon of true crime is doing in terms of um, you know, telling stories and then kind of encouraging armchair sleuths, mm-hmm. right, to um, reassess previously adjudicated cases, mm-hmm. and this is this is happening. With most true crime um, podcasts or just inter- bits of entertainment, you see this theme, right? So probably the most famous one instance, and we got an Ethics Bowl case about it and everything, yeah, yeah. is um, Serial, the first season of Serial, where um, there it was the case of Adnan Syed. And did, it, did he kill his girlfriend, Heyman Lee, in high school? And he's already been tried. He's been convicted. He's gone to prison. Mm-hmm. And... Some podcasters and armchair sleuths think there's not enough evidence, and some family members and stuff of Abdon, mm-hmm. but and and so we're basically re-adjudicating this case for the listener,
1: right? And and, and with this one, there's also a one of the legal defense fund groups um, digging up stuff at the same time mm-hmm. and hoping mm-hmm. to get him a new trial. Um, but this certainly piled on that uh, the legal mm-hmm. system, every member of it, um, maybe except for. Um, defense attorneys must just hate
0: true crime podcasts true
1: crime, yeah because you yeah. know i mean if, if you're a judge and you've sentenced somebody and it's a closed matter mm-hmm. probably the last thing you want is six or eight months however long the buzz about a particular crime lasts, where you know seven million people are all screaming you made a big mistake you're incompetent you didn't know what you were doing Mm-hmm. You got it wrong. and and you know we we both listened to the, the first couple of seasons of serial. Um, and um you know, my take there was they did a really good job of sort of manipulating the listener into mm-hmm. coming to a particular conclusion, right in in both cases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how well that corresponds to the facts, right? but yeah, you know, it's it's like getting your news from. You know, a, a new source that um, you might have a little confirmation bias towards. Right?
0: That's true. Although I did think that Sarah Koenig in Serial was oh, the whole time like, I don't know, maybe yes, maybe no, mm-hmm. right? I, I didn't, I didn't find her to be particularly biased.
1: Yeah, I did, and I didn't think they were being intentionally manipulative. But most people, I thought, came out of the first season thinking um, that um, you know Adnam was um, deserving of a new trial. On the second season, um, and actually, I think that was a real service because I, I think there was a smear job involved. I don't remember the guy's name, the the military person that went AWOL, um, but they did a, a good job of making you much more sympathetic um, to him than mm-hmm. was the case when he was initially. His negotiation was released, and mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. just sort of portrayed to be a, a you know some kind of Traitor, and it was an open and shut case. So
0: that's that's one of the questions, though. Like
1: Bergstall, right? Was that the, the name? Something. Yeah. Like
0: Bo yeah, right. Bo Bergdahl or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, I, I, that, so the, I think that what you just said raises these questions about: is this just a form of investigative journalism? Like when when podcasts, because some some of the podcasters, like Sarah Koenig, and, and you know. Spinoffs of this American Life and so forth are going to do a pretty great job, but then there's there are other podcasts that um, you know some really excellent that you might also think do do a good job, and some less excellent that uh, you might think encourage conspiratorial thinking. That so think about the the Adnan case that um, you know I think it this kind of raising of re-readjudicating the questions encourages people people's tendency to want to know someone something that everybody else doesn't or to notice something that everyone else doesn't notice mm-hmm. and that's the same sort of thing that goes on with conspiratorial thinking is like oh here's this bit of evidence that the prosecutor didn't recognize or the cops didn't recognize or the the jury didn't recognize and i alone or me and the other podcasting audience right. recognize well, it
1: all those idiots but not us because we're critical thinkers yeah like so
0: i wonder yeah i wonder. Um,
1: and then, you know, in contrast, um, we watched that series last summer. Um, I don't remember the exact name, but it was something heist, right? And it was three oh, or right. four mm-hmm. different crimes. Um, and that didn't seem anything like investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. It just seemed really voyeuristic. Here, you're going to mm-hmm. watch a crime unfold. You're going to mm-hmm. watch somebody lose their crap or more than one people. Some people are going to shoot their mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. It seemed like every, mm-hmm. you know, each um, of the, the smaller series and the larger series, um, you know, had somebody whacked out on drugs and you got uh-huh. to see that. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I also, the, one of the other kind of major philosophical themes that comes up in true crime. Now, first of all, I think a lot of true crime is very surface level, but then there's mm-hmm. some really good evaluation out there. Um, uh, but it, it, But, like, so if you just watch Investigation Discovery, Mm -hmm. or I've been binging, and this is dumb, but when I need to, like, just relax and not work on philosophy and, you know, just watch something mindless while I exercise or something, I have been revisiting uh, true crime shows from the late 90s and early 2000s. So, like, um, City Confidential, Cold Case Files, these kinds of shows. And they're not... Substantially different than the way they are today, although you can. There's some dated elements that don't hold up. But one theme that you see consistently throughout those shows and through the shows on Investigation Discovery is this retributivism theme that almost as if cases are never complicated. You know that the goal of the criminal justice system is retribution, mm-hmm. right? And so, so let's say that a the the story starts with a you know some some.
1: Like pedof- some, somebody jaywalks? No. No, worse worse than that.
0: <laughs> some pedophilic, you know, child molester picks up somebody's kid mm-hmm. and the kid is dead, right? Let's say the kid dies. The kid the kid is murdered. Um and oh, you know, on cold case files, it's it's solved thirty years later. And now finally there's been justice. And this relies on I think a lot of false assumptions about what justice looks like. It's just a very fictionalized account of the way mm-hmm. that these things work,
1: right? And there might be interviews with the family members, and they get their closure, and that reinforces the idea that retribution—that's that's,
0: and that's what this whole yeah, thing has been about
1: the whole time. They
0: love a soundbite that says, "I'll never forgive them," or they love a soundbite that says. They got life in prison, but I feel that justice wasn't done because they should really be dead. You know, and yeah. there, there's there. You know, where I, I actually think it would be, it would make for a more compelling true crime story if you recognize the complexities of the situation. Right. That's not to say that people ought always to forgive people who've perpetrated crimes against them, but, um, you know. So I mean, this this is really relevant to uh, to Martha Nussbaum's new book on anger and forgiveness that, um she says that when we have this kind of eye for an eye attitude it's often based on several false beliefs and one of these false beliefs is that is the pay, what she calls the payback wish that somehow uh when retribution happens that that the person who's been harmed is somehow going to be paid back the, mm-hmm. for the injustice that they've suffered when really you know Losing a child, to go back to my example, is the worst thing that could happen. Essentially, that's how I feel anyway, and it, it's not undone when somebody's punished for it, right? right? In right. any way, yeah, right? right, right. Um, so, so it's not like it's not like you get your child back. It's not like your child comes back to life, you know, or or whatever. It's just now this person is behind bars.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so that the victim's family gets a momentary momentary bit of satisfaction or they mm-hmm. say good or something like that yeah um and that's presented as it's sort of equivalent right it's it's the eye for an eye model but mm-hmm. you have to be sort of snickered into believing that those are literally comparable things
0: and i think they they particularly love that narrative when the case is a cold case mm-hmm. because it's like after all these years the retribution family's
1: been waiting and waiting and right. waiting and waiting and they've
0: So instead of like telling a story where after all these years, there's been some forgiveness or there's been some perspective change or there's been some, you know, all sorts of complex things might be going on in the minds of people who have dealt with the consequences. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: they're always portrayed as if the only thing that could make them whole is punishing the criminal. Yeah, yeah. As severely as possible.
1: Right, right. But not killing them. Depending on how you feel, or killing them, depending mm-hmm. on how you feel. Yeah. Right? As if it should be up to the family.
0: Yeah.
1: And they and they maybe almost certainly find families that um, are, you know, pro death penalty and then the criminal doesn't get it. Yeah. Or the criminal does and they find families that aren't.
0: That, I'll tell you, that almost brown. never happens. Yeah. They, they they love the retributivist element as part of the story. It's, it's playing to a certain drive, I think. So, relatedly, there's this phenomenon in true crime about. Um, the truly innocent victim, mm-hmm. which is a, you know that which is a really weird and unfortunate phenomenon because you know if you are murdered, you're a victim. You're a victim, right? Yeah. Like like you know it was if you're murdered, it was wrong for someone to murder you. Right? Yeah,
1: I know, and that's that's I mean you're gonna talk about this, but it, it strikes me as based on a narrative that. Would just make you sound like a horrible person if you said it out loud. Right,
0: right, yeah. right. Who and, are
1: truly innocent people? Yeah. You know what? What religion are they? What? Mm-hmm. What's their skin color? What? You know.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what do they do what
0: for do, a living? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because you get, you know, because when someone says right, exactly, when somebody says this is a truly innocent victim, compared to who? Right, mm-hmm. like who who isn't a truly innocent victim? Exactly. Right. I mean, so
1: we thought Betty was truly innocent, but here's some footage of her smoking behind her high school. Oh, um, oh yeah, <laughs>
0: I was just listening to one the other day where it was like, well, um, so what it what had happened was, sorry, this is gruesome, but there was a high school student who went to meet up with some friends to smoke some pot and I don't know what else, maybe some meth or something, and. Um, so she got really wasted, and the three guys took advantage of her and then murdered her. Mm-hmm. And, but as the story unfolded, you know, they were doing a whole lot of unpacking that, like, this and then... But the parents found out that their daughter wasn't who they thought she was. I mean, this is a teenage kid, right? <laughs> right and then, yeah. and so all of a sudden, you're they supposed to shift pie, your perspective. Except for ours. Yeah, yeah. right. And so, so, yeah. And then the defense attorneys run with this because they know that if they can undermine in court if they can make the jury kind of dislike the victim then the even even if they find the defendant guilty they're going to be more lenient in sentencing because oh you didn't kill a truly innocent victim
1: right And and it might be a tougher call right to to say that the defendant is guilty
0: yeah once they start associating our biases with things that they've done then well maybe they deserved it or something like that. Maybe they did something to contribute to their if own death. That
1: girl was smoking pot. What else did she do at that party before all this happened? And she's not here, and we can't cross, and we can't interrogate her. We can't cross-examine her. Yeah. We'll never know.
0: Mm-hmm. For
1: all we know, she got really high and said, "Kill have, me. <laughs> have your way with me, and then murder me." Right. So, guys, of course, not in right. the minds yeah. of jurors. Yeah.
0: Right. So, and and the same thing comes up with like, uh, and this this is what facilitates this and makes it easy for people is. You know, Serial killers will often say that they picked the group of people that they picked, often homeless people or um, people who are addicted to drugs or people who are um, engaging in sex work or all of the above. Mm-hmm. And they pick those individuals because they think, one, nobody will miss them. And two, if they get caught, they won't be judged as seriously for murdering those people as they might be if they killed the beloved town high school cheerleader or something like that.
1: Yeah, right. It's the whole Jack the Ripper
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: so if you abduct Elizabeth Smart.
0: Right. It, we never it, heard the end of that story, just over and over yeah. and over and over.
1: I mean, and, and, you know, not to say I'm glad she got all the coverage that she got. It's right. the lack of coverage elsewhere that's, right. that's bad. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, um, a well-to-do mm-hmm. person whose um, mm-hmm. father's quote, unquote, important member of the community. Mm-hmm. Right. Boy, that was a really bad thing to do. Right,
0: right. And part of, you also, so I, I love true crime shows and podcasts, so I'm being critical here, but um, well, at the same time I watch them. But um, I think part of the entertainment value is that people get really worked up. So they uh, they intentionally rile up reactive attitudes and it might be these very reactive attitudes that are the exact kinds of things that we should try to rid ourselves of to take mm-hmm. a more stoic perspective. Yeah. You know, on there's one that I listen to that's pretty pretty popular. I mean, I've seen it um, on Apple Podcasts often be in the top ten. But and so listeners will probably be familiar. But it's called True Crime Garage.
1: Mm-hmm. And, that's the one where people give them beer. Yeah.
0: Right. yeah. <laughs>
1: so get this, listeners. There's this podcast. And if you like the podcast, you go to their Patreon page and then you donate money and then they buy beer with the money and then they thank you. So that's that's the kind of thing that, that could happen to anyone, right? That has a podcast. You can just <laughs> give them money for beer. Anyway, well, sorry to, to digress. Anyway, so I, I sort of derailed your point there you were saying about (laughs) reactive attitudes
0: we don't particularly want you to send us beer
1: no 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 send money and then we'll we'll claim to buy beer with (laughs) it. when in fact we're really savvy investors and we're going to buy property and real estate we're
0: going to buy bitcoin
1: bitcoin and maybe yachts but you know you'll think it's beer and that will be good enough for for all involved
0: yeah so i was just um i was just teaching epictetus in um my I'm teaching a metaphysics of death course this semester, and, and we were talking about the general theme of stoicism that suggests that you should focus on what's in your control, that the, the workings of the external world are, are not up to you, the way they go is not up to you. And so, uh, you know, getting ri- really riled up about things you have no chance of changing is harmful
1: let me just say interesting contrast right so i'm teaching existentialism right now and just before we started working on this i was preparing my lecture on sart mm-hmm. and it, there's this nice contrast there because i was going through these passages where he's like well you know stuff's going to happen mm-hmm. um that's out of your control but you have 100 percent of the control over how you deal with it um Mm-hmm. And, and it's calling for the opposite of, of a Stoical response.
0: Hmm. Let me challenge that. I don't know if that's the opposite of the Stoical response, rather than just giving you a little more options than what the Stoic gives you. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, here's this situation. Um, you have no control over it. Uh, the, the, the Stoic would argue, so don't be worried about it. And gives you kind of one advi- one bit of advice, and right. that's a bit of advice that is also open to the existentialist. Like one, you just have more choice. Yeah, yeah. As an existentialist, you you can take the stoic approach. That's one one it, direction yeah, right. you can it, go. I
1: agree, it's an option, but it's definitely not a things are out of your control. So automatically,
0: so it entails that response. Don't yeah. You don't, actually don't have worry. It's like creative mastery. Over oh yeah, there.
1: You, you can just go you know nuts over the littlest things if you want. You can save your big responses for the big things. Right. Um, but no matter what's going on around you, there's some sense on Sartre's view in which you're kind of responsible for it. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for how you perceive it and how you respond to it. Right. So World War II, your fault, right, if, if you find yourself in it <laughs> in, a, in a really weird way.
0: <laughs> you take ownership of your own.
1: Of your yeah, own yeah. response,
0: yeah. So, but and, and so maybe just the further advice offered by the Stoic is, yeah. Well, okay, you have creative control over how you're going to respond, but the healthiest way to respond is to not let certain things rile you. And so, I think you know, in the case of like True Crime Garage, that um, they even have shirts made up use for as merchandise for that show using some of the phrasing, like the really hyperbolic, you know, piece of shit kind yeah. of phrasings. Sorry, folks. Yeah, Um, and because that's one of the like this guy's taglines about when they were talking about criminals, and um, so they really get a lot of mileage out of. You know, he gets worked up about these things. He couldn't possibly change. These are crimes from twenty years ago, Uh right? right, (laughs) He's getting, and in fact, one example that I'm thinking of, kind of, is in. I was thinking also in response to what you said earlier, which is like, oh, pot um, prosecutors must hate. Um, true crime podcast because they get people to think about crimes differently than the way they've been adjudicated. But I think actually, you know, I was thinking about some cases where, yeah, defense attorneys probably hate them too sometimes. Yeah, because... only
1: if it's their client yeah, getting the retrial, then right. that's another round of bills. And...
0: I remember um, that there was, there have been, I've listened to lots of podcasts on Casey Anthony, mm-hmm. you know, who allegedly killed her kid, but was Got off on it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, did not was was not convicted of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, and and uh, uh, you know everybody all across you know, they, people who are not there to hear the evidence and are all convinced that she's guilty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I for one am just suspending judgment on that. But her must her life must just be hell because. So many people, I mean, this is one of the cases that this guy gets really riled about, mm-hmm. even though he has nothing to do with it, has no control over it, is that case.
1: Yeah, one well, thought her life is hell, given what she did. Oh, but wait. that's
0: the whole point, <laughs> right? So so these, these reactive attitudes can, like of anger and resentment and, and, and these kinds of things can be unhealthy for the person experiencing them, but they're not super healthy for society either. And yet true crime true crime encourages them.
1: Yeah, it stirs up the the crap and
0: I mean you might think that it it like encourages these I'm thinking of the crowd in Beauty and the Beast that are kill the beast to these big these witch hunt type of you know, if they've made up their mind in advance, because not all true crime podcasts are about past crimes or crimes that have already gone through the court system. Plenty of them are about what's the most recent one gabby pateo or something like that oh, i like that um
1: oh yeah 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 right, yeah, yeah. That,
0: that that's all over the news um i might have i'm sorry if that name isn't correct anyway that just came into my mind um but uh you know nobody's oh i remember before they found the 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 alleged killer um dead of suicide right mm-hmm. but Prior to them finding him, people are people already completely made up their minds about what had happened before hearing a shred of the evidence.
1: Right, right. And
0: th- th- that crime was all over true crime podcasts and, and you know, speculative shows and, and things like that. And and so those are the kinds of cases where defense attorneys are probably like, oh, crap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And if you're on a jury and you've been second-guessed after the fact, you got to be— even if no one's talking about you, it must still just kind of feel like a kick in the teeth, mm-hmm. right? You spend mm-hmm. your twelve weeks, your twenty weeks, your more than a year, depending on the mm-hmm. trial. They're you know doing your best to come to an informed decision, and suddenly all these you know highly qualified internet sleuths that did their quote unquote research
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: now I know more than you do.
0: Yeah, although I I I was watching one the other day that. That he were glad so that there was this um doctor small town doctor who was making medical decisions for patients and one of the 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 patients members of a patient's family who the person was about to die and um the doctor was providing them with care uh thought that the doctor gave him a shot that gave their loved one a shot that they shouldn't have gave them and what does this guy know right? He's not a medical expert or anything but he people didn't like the personality of the doctor in the town mm-hmm. so he was tried and convicted and then ultimately he was let go early in all this and, and I think they ultimately overturned his conviction. but when they were interviewing the juries, the jury, the jury members were like, well, I didn't like that guy because he thought he was smarter than us. He thought he was better than us, and I—I was—I'd never heard an interview with a jury that I thought, "Wow, I think they probably got this one quite wrong." Yeah, um, so, well, so it happens.
1: And then sometimes, yeah, and they deserve the whole world right. second-guessing right. them, and so forth. Sure. Okay, rates. Right. What are we liking this week?
0: Well, we've already said that we're enjoying the American crime stories. We've just finished impeachment and are on the assassination of Gianni Versace.
1: Yeah, and we'll be on to the trial of um, O.J. Simpson Pretty right after Pretty soon,
0: I suspect. We're, we're burning through them.
1: Yeah, this is, this is fun. Um, so recently we watched um, Three Fifths, I think, of um, a story called The Way Down. Um, and that's because it's um, they've only released three, and then the next two are gonna be sometime next year. But that was a interesting um, documentary on um, HBO about um, a woman who runs a sort of culty church, um, and their angle is Christianity slash weight loss, um, mm-hmm. and uh, lots of really bad stuff happens there, right? And it's a it's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, the the things that they get the people in the church to do, standard cult thing they rule with an iron fist. I don't wanna spoil it um, too much. But I thought that was um, completely captivating.
0: HBO's really getting they're getting their a lot of bang for their buck with cult stories yeah, these right. days.
1: Yeah, that's that's their, their Was stick.
0: that well wait, was that what was that the network that or um, was that on Showtime? The the uh, Nexium cult?
1: Do you remember? Them was Showtime. Oh, okay. But, okay. but HBO's been doing doing plenty of them. Um, yeah, so that was that was The Vow. The Vow, that's uh, right. Okay. Which was was also really good. And now that I think about it, I think The Vow was on HBO. Mm. All right. Well, we've got two premium channels, and they both only record one good show a week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting too that just that um, people are so interested in these the ways in which people get roped into these manipulative, deceptive systems of thought at the same, and, and that we're interested in that in the same time that so many people are being schnookered by conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, maybe it's not surprising that people are interested in these things at the same time.
1: No, but it's, it's ironic that, you know, the, the conspiracy theory crowd and and members of certain religions will watch cult stories about members of other religions. And go, ooh, and how they, could anyone
0: they, believe that? Yeah. Well, yeah, and, yeah.
1: And, then, and then there'll be a documentary about their religion, and they'll go, oh, no, that that one's not a cult. Yeah. And the people in the other religion will watch it and go, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah right. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. Curb Your Enthusiasm, we mentioned before, is back. And this season's, um, you know, among the top seasons, in my opinion. Um, just been great. And like <laughs> I said last time, I thought it. It slowed down a little bit, um, but uh, it's it's found its footing again, and it's been nice. Uh, now finding its footing again, um, we've been watching Dexter New Blood, but we've only seen one episode. So
0: yeah are you are you saying you think it's found its footing again? No, I I'm, I'm saying
1: <laughs> that um, I liked the first episode a lot. Um, Dexter peaked around season four, um, you know, with Trinity Killer, and then the season five wasn't bad. Um, and then it, it got really bad. And uh, so now it's an open question whether the new season is going to be as bad as it was or will have found its footing.
0: Okay, my prediction is that we're going to have to do a lot of suspending of disbelief and that it's... Because I, 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 I already was a little dubious of the first episode of Dexter Action, of the new the, the Dexter... Mm-hmm. I didn't think the first episode was great. I thought it was, it was fun to see those characters again. I love Michael C. Hall. But whether I thought anything yeah. clever was going on, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah.
1: I, I'm, I'm with you. The jury's out. What I can say is I don't think I saw anything bad yet. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. could turn into something bad. Mm-hmm. It could fail to be good. But, you know, that, that second to last season with all the religious iconography and... Mm-hmm. Um, was just so awful and forced. And well, in
0: part because that just no serial killer operates like that. That was just completely fictionalized nonsense. The, mm-hmm. Not that anybody, not, not that any serial killers function like Dexter either, but the religious trope of the serial killer is particularly silly.
1: Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so I, yeah, I, we haven't seen anything great yet. I'm just kind of hoping it'll be mm-hmm. good old season three quality Dexter. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see. I, I'm enjoying watching it, even though we've just seen the one. Mm-hmm. Um, saw Dune in the theater, um, and you know I'm sort of comparing Dune to um, the movie that I saw, you know, when I was in my late teens or early twenties, mm-hmm. um, the David Lynch version, and and my impression is liking this one more, and I liked that one too, um, but the the comparison's over so many decades, mm-hmm. hard to make. It's 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 hard to make. I'll just say this. Um, Whatever they're doing with this one, um, you know, it was, it was the first half of it, and the second half's going to come out in a year or so. Um, that was really good. Yeah, um, I liked it. Yeah, just quality all the way around. Um, and then I've watched an ungodly number of documentaries the last few weeks, but um, there, I think, is no reason to um, to go into that here. <laughs> Okay, right well, that's a wrap and episode 62 is in the can. We'd like to thank everyone for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode and if you want to sponsor us, um, feel free to go to our webpage that's I think all one word click on the link that says donate and you can become a Patreon sponsor. Um, and you know that whole thing earlier about the beer. Um, if you're undecided, just go back and listen to that over and over as many times as you need to um, until your credit card is in your hand and you're, you're typing it into the webpage. All right, see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks.